Mike Kaplan, you suggested that we watch next the 2007 Nick Cage film about misusing magical powers. What is your major compliment for that movie? Uh, I mean, I just think that because of the power that he has in the movie, uh, it, they're able to do a lot of really cool action sequences that they could have done anyway, like, you know, in Jackie Chan movies, but uh, he'll actually hurt himself, or other types of, you know, like, Crouching Tiger. Like, how do they do that? How do they dance? Like, the explanation uh, for how he is able to, like, you know, run under rocks right. uh, yep. that are, you know, bouncing all around as an avalanche is going down, or, you know, avoid people shooting at him. By uh, kind of walking shifty? He's, yeah. He's great at that. Yeah. I mean, he just, uh, so without revealing too much immediately, I just like the, the main, you know, thing about the movie that makes it be a movie, uh, the power that he has being used to, I mean, in, that's a pretty, I think that's like the most memorable scene to me is like when there's sort of like an avalanche of like rocks and logs and things that are just, you know, careening down this hill and he is sort of, you know, ducking and running under and in and out of them. And it's, uh, it's a cool action movie. It, he also is able to like dodge punches, sort of Matrix style. But like, if the if Neo in the Matrix was just bored with it, yes, yeah, just ugh, all right. Well, like like He's if you try to touch it. a fish underwater, he just kind of like just lazily moves out of the way. <laughs> eh. I like that analogy. Yeah, he's like a fish underwater out of water. <laughs> terrible hair. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Tanya, what's your major compliment? Um. Gosh, I guess I, I really I this is this is sort of piggybacking on on what Mike is talking about. I just love that Nick Cage manages to do all this action movie stuff with like zero sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, there's never a moment where he looks like he's trying while running or like runs more than a stiff jog. Yeah, like everything just has this like uh, maybe. Do you think if you can <laughs> see the future that causes you like less urgency because you already know what's happening? I feel like this might be just like a cageism. Like, I mean, in in the context of this movie, sure, why not? But yeah. generally, I feel like this is this is just a a thing that Nick Cage tends to do. This like, is an interesting like, question, though, for next. I think because either he went super method and he just was really embodying the kind of wait, blase how do, like, on how do you go method with seeing the future character? Well, you just pretend that you can always see. The, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's a brilliant actor, or maybe they just plotted this movie knowing that nick cage was going to be in it so like how can we make this seem kind of believable i think that's a great thing as his like thing like tom hanks is charming leonardo dicaprio is attractive and uh, nick cage doesn't give a shit about the movie he's in <laughs> that's just his thing wherever he goes <laughs> totally i but, mean he but that's the thing is he cares deeply in other scenes right it's literally just when he's asked to like get quickly to a place <laughs> he's just like oh Whatever. It's fine. I'm doing this. Locomotion bores him. There's really, like, I just couldn't possibly put on any more speed. It's fine. (laughs) Like like Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer, like, picking up uh, his dishes that he threw on the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just angry. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, uh, I love my compliment is that I love the concept of a magician who's actually a wizard. I've always, <laughs> I I've, I mean I love magic anyway, but I've always liked to think that what if someone did have this power over matter and the universe and time, and they chose to implement it into the least respected thing in show business. Yeah, mime. I, well, this, <laughs> one well, step mime above mime. Yeah, but it's like it's 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 that thing where you're taking something and you're like, what if actually they're so much better than that? So it's like it's not 
It's like if they were a mime, what if they were actually able to solidify air and like have this superpower to do oh. all this shit in real life? And they've just decided know? to use it for a thing no one wants to see. Exactly. Nobody wants that. Like, yeah. like I just, just imagine that someone actually had the power to cut a woman in half and then fuse her back together where she feels nothing. And he's like, the best way to do that is in front of 30 people at a local regional a theater company out of our mitzvah. Like, what a great, I mean, what a weird wizard. What would you, if that was the power that you had to be able to cut and then refuse a lady in half, what do you think is the optimal, like, you know, societal, beneficial way to use that power? As I was saying it, I was worried you might notice that. <laughs> and I think the only answer is surgeon. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Surgeon makes I, a lot of sense. If you really cut her in half great. in very particular places and yeah. then, like, you know. I mean, there's a lot of surgeries that, like, if she has, like, cataracts, like, you don't have to cut her all the way in half. That might be overkill. Um, but you're a I wizard. Like, that's your bisector that. at the front of the eyes, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I with a saw. In half is taking on all kinds of new dimensions. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. I guess you'd have to go vertically. Huh. Um, <laughs> Chris, that leaves you. What's your major compliment? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about Nick Cage and his sort of casual blasé thing. Uh, Nick Cage, he also does a lot of whisper talking, but specifically a lack of interior monologue. So he'll be having a thought and instead of reacting or pretending like there's anything interior to his character or his brain, he'll just start talking like, but what if the people are outside? I just don't know. And it, it's really nice that, you know, kind of he has this disability of not being able to have an internal <laughs> monologue and he's working through it. You know, he's, he's a high functioning uh, whisper sort talk of, uh, monologue. Yeah, whisper talk er. guy. Yeah. Listen, Nick, Nick Cage has a ton of balls in the air at any given time. Yeah. Like, we, don't, we can't even scratch the surface of what he's dealing with. Oh, that's yeah, not physically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's in a movie where he's a juggler. <laughs> <laughs> and he still just doesn't really care he, can, yeah. he has control over space and time and uses it to manipulate three to five balls at any given time <laughs> hey you know what sometimes it's a bowling pin and, and sometimes is, there's a cigar box or two yeah. nut, nut balls <laughs> yeah. it's crazy so, like, he doesn't have time for internal monologues he's, he's just ready to whisper to whomever yeah I don't think internal monologue means external but only a little yeah. <laughs> that's not the way it's supposed to be it's not uh, about volume. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Your internal monologue is just the least volume you're capable of, and he is just like one tick above that, and so you can barely hear it. I sure hope Alex introduces us soon. Oh, yeah, wait, I shit. think it's time. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you weren't just prompting me to go. That was still the inner, inner monologue joke. No, uh, no, you, no, nobody could hear that, right? <laughs> Welcome back to Read It and Weep, a good podcast about movies, books, TV, and stuff. I'm Alex Falcone, your host on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Joining me as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Wow, Alex, that was incredible. What, what? This podcast we're about to do. Oh, oh. You, you just saw the next two minutes of this podcast and it turned out okay? Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was really worried about how these introductions would go. Yeah, don't worry. We nail it. Oh, man, it does seem like if you had this power, you'd waste it on a lot of dumb... Oh, Not yeah. you personally, Every but everybody. Like fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It'd be hard not to just be like, am I going to get correct change from this cashier? Yes. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, also joining us today, uh, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter, also in our Brooklyn studios. It's Tanya Smith. Uh, so I'm now married to Justin Timberlake, but I also did this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jessica Biel is 18 years younger than Nick Cage in this movie. Oh, I guess uh, in the rest of their lives, in too. Just, in yeah. just human life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's slowly yeah. gaining on him. It's 17 and a half now. <laughs> yeah, also also my hair is just wildly irregular. Like, just from one scene to the next. Who even knows what's going on? Yeah. <sighs> so she's married to Justin Timberlake? I didn't know that. What? What? Why don't child. Check. I haven't asked him. We don't hang out. <laughs> I like that your relationship to celebrity news is like, if we're not friends, yeah, I don't know. I don't like to be nosy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't always ask my friends if they're married. I don't know. Oh, I feel like I Justin's feel like got a lot of really, balls in the air. I don't want to judge if him. You, if you yeah. ever wanted to find out what's going on, you just let me know. <laughs> I've got some information. <laughs> Uh, also joining us, uh, we have a very special guest. He's the host of the podcast, Hang Out With Me. He's at Mike Kaplan on Twitter, spelled nothing like it sounds. It's Mr. Mike Kaplan. Uh, Frank Cadillac is my stage name. How'd you come up with that? I picked two things I really like and put them together. Frankenstein and Cadillacs. I'm glad this shirtless go. whispering guy was totally taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he didn't go Frankenstein Cadillac, because that is a bad stage name. Yeah. Or Cadenstein Frankalac. Yes. <laughs> would also be a bad stage name. Kind of Frankensteining them together. He's he's also lucky that they didn't, uh, that his things that he like kind of sound like names. Because if he had been like, pancakes, other pancakes. Um, <laughs> not, not a great stage name either. What are your two favorite things? Pancakes and then different pancakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some with blueberries, sometimes not. Those are my two. I don't know. He, he could go by Pan Pan or something. <laughs> I'm the pan pan man. Uh, it's pancake. Pan from pancake and cake from, from pancake. pancake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 328 of the show. We've now done as many episodes as the length in feet of the new Sea Explorer Mega Yacht, which is uh, built to be able to crash through polar ice for all your luxury Antarctic vacations by the Dutch ship- shipbuilding company Damon Group. So, mm, if you guys are in like the market nice for that. It does, yeah. It's also not confuse that with your reef explorer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, it's got multiple topside fire pits, uh, and it has room for thirty guests and fifty crew. So, like a one and a half to one crew to guest ratio. That feels uncomfortable. It does. Do they have any need for like a, a live podcasting crew on that ship where we could like hang out? Yeah, does crew like a, like a, a, a nightly review kind of situation? Is that oh. also considered a crew member? Because that seems way less creepy than just like just don't worry, you'll be waited on there. hand and foot by if, one yeah. and a half people. One and a half people massaging you at all times. <laughs> Probably was that doctor who sawed somebody in half accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Part of that person this is our, there. This is our Cadillac third hand massage. <laughs> they also have, I don't know if you guys have shopped for mega yachts recently, but this yacht has, it has, you'd say, oh, does it have a hel- helicopter landing area? Sure, sure, of course. But the luxury ones have a helicopter hangar below decks and then a helicopter elevator to bring it up to the helipad. Yeah, it doesn't ruin the lines of the ship. Exactly. You would not want your luxury Antarctic exploring to have an ugly helicopter just parked on the outside. Wow. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't I don't check like Mega Yacht News daily, but I do read the New York Times Mega Yacht section on Sundays. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. See, I, I feel like if uh, I could tell you what Justin Timberlake's yacht is like before I would know what his wife is like. Just, or that he has one. I, just, I mean, I assumed he had one. Or that he also one. has a son named Silas. <laughs> Silas? That seems just, like boring for uh, him. Shouldn't he, like, shouldn't a celebrity like him have a his son, son should be named like pancake or tofu or, or highlighter or highlighter <laughs> something 
okay, so speaking of things that are badass and don't make a ton of sense financially, this week we're talking about Next, the yeah. 2007 film starring Nick Cage as a magician, a sentence that humanity had been waiting ever since the birth of Christ to be able to say. <laughs> All 2007 years we were waiting to hear Nick Cage plus magician. Mm. Isn't that exciting? I'm so excited. It's beautiful. Uh, oh. This is for Versus the World Month. So the way this works, uh, Mike, we asked yes. you to pick us a movie that we, you thought was underappreciated or at least uh, underexposed. Uh, this has got 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, so huh. definitely counts as underappreciated. Why did you pick it? Well, why did Next come to mind? Uh, I mean, I guess... I, I generally, when people ask, like, what's your guilty pleasure or, like, what are, you know, things that you like that other people don't like, uh, I, I mostly don't, I think the category of guilty pleasure has, like, I don't think of it as guilty, you know, unless it's, like, sure. actually something that you're harming other people. Like, my guilty pleasure is just, you know, Torture. scratching my key on, like, really nice cars. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me feel great on, like, you know, making a Frankenstein Cadillac kind of thing. Right. And... Uh, so I feel like most, I mean, I definitely like a ton of, I, the, the first thing that I jumped to was like, I love mo- a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. I have, I've talked about it in my act a little bit. I just really, you know, he's made so many. And so some of them, even if it's only statistically, uh, end up being really enjoyable, you know, and not like, you know, I wouldn't say these are great films, but things like, you know, Con Air and Face Off and oh, The Rock. So fun. Uh, they're just, they're, they're, oh, they're you know, they know what, they know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this one, too. We don't really yeah. feel a lot of guilt in general, so we've sort of moved past guilty pleasure to just underappreciated. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you shouldn't feel bad for liking this, even I, if I, I definitely don't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is <laughs> a movie that uh, wasn't. I mean, it just I didn't I didn't even see it in the theater. Like, I didn't know it was in the theater. If it was, like, I just found it on Netflix one day. I was like, oh, I like read the description, and I'm like, this does sound like you know, it, worst case scenario, it'll be the same as. So many other experiences I've had. Uh, <laughs> Where you which see I've two minutes into the future and you lumber off? What enjoyed. You? Yeah, you know it. Uh, I, like, I read the description. I'm like, oh, he can see two minutes into the future. I can see two minutes into the future. That two minutes of this movie should be worthwhile. Yeah. And then I can stop watching it if I need to beyond that. But like, they definitely, you know, they fulfilled uh, what they promised. And I, I definitely, I mean, you know. When when I hear that only twenty eight percent positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes is what it got, I guess I'm you know I don't care. I'm not surprised. It doesn't hurt me. But I also wouldn't be surprised if like tons of people did like it because it it really like it wasn't boring. It was you know yeah. it certainly anything that you might in, like. There are people who love Face Off. I feel like if you love Face Off, why couldn't you also love this? Uh, and the answer for me is, I do. I just, I like it a lot, and a lot of people don't know about it, so just want to spread the word. It's weird that, that it went so yeah. far under the radar, because I, when you said it, I was like, we've seen a lot, we've watched a lot of Nick Cage films for this this show, we are fans, and I thought we knew all of them that existed, and the fact that there was one from only nine years ago that I had never heard of was a big surprise. Yeah. I don't know how and, they managed yeah. a, to just sneak this without anyone hearing about it. And I'll say I'm not uh, I'm not just gonna say every movie that he's made is worth watching or you know, there's so many like if I can make a list of everything that I would recommend watching in order like this would be not necessarily right at the top but it would be on the list yeah. but a movie that wouldn't be which I also enjoyed watching because I got some jokes out of and I'm happy to know that it exists. Have you heard of the Nicolas Cage movie Stolen? 
I've uh, heard of it. I've I don't not I've heard seen of it. Stolen. No, yeah, tell me about Stolen. Basically, you know, it sounds similar to Taken because it's exactly the same as Taken. Basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was, this right. was just four years ago. How did I miss this too? Uh, yeah, it's uh, and so the joke that I tell in my act, just to be completely transparent about this, is uh, <laughs> that basically the plot of Stolen was stolen from Taken, or Taken was taken. <laughs> uh, uh, there we go. Yeah. I love um, it. Yeah. I don't know how they, they were, every once in a while, they're just like, well, you can't really copyright uh, the whole plot of a thing, right? So we can just, as long as we rewrite it with different names and different things happening, but definitely a guy with skills has a daughter that is removed, and then, <laughs> that's my new movie, is and called he's Removed. he's pretty mad about it. I was going to yeah. say, can yeah. we do some sort of, like, <laughs> take-off, removed version? Mike Kaplan in Removed. Yep. <laughs> I have a very random set of skills that just happened to work here. Mike Before Kaplan. you said you were starring, yeah. I was going to say Chris Kattan was going to star. I don't oh, know. Sure. It seems like he needs something to do, so... <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so it's Mike Kaplan, is Nicolas Cage, is Liam Neeson, in, removed from all those things. I feel like I feel like at this point, if it keeps happening, it's sort of, maybe the blame is on you. Maybe this should be called misplaced. Sure. I feel like there's enough of these movies where it's like, yeah, come on. Especially Liam Neeson. Like, by the fourth take, and you're like, come on, Liam. Yeah, are you going to put a beeper on her or something? <laughs> you know, One but, of those Swiss cowbells? If- but if uh, this in, could be yeah. a cousin, then you could have a series, and you get once removed, twice removed. Ah. Oh. oh no! This franchise just got legs. Yeah. That's great, and I honestly want to just, uh, in defense of Liam Neeson and the Taken franchise, uh, it's not the same person that gets taken every time. Just to be clear, uh, right? It, it's not just his daughter over and over right. again. Right. But he should, I, maybe he could be called Bad Luck Charm then. That that was already that Dane Cook movie almost. Oh yikes! <laughs> oh, All right, Chris. No. So it's called Good Luck Chuck. Very close, Chris. Let's do this. Let's have you summarize <laughs> yeah. this movie for okay. people who missed next from the 2007. Yeah. Please summarize it in exactly two minutes. Okay, I think I can do that. Uh, let me get a timer. Actually, yeah. why not? Let's do it. No more, no less. Oh, actually, do, taking up ten minute, two minutes with the t- plot of this movie is going to be hard. But well, we'll interrupt it. you. Just okay. do it slow, and then when you get to the end, be like, and the <laughs> Perfect. But All whisper right. it. it. Here we go. Here is next. Uh, so, Nicolas Cage is Chris Johnson, a.k.a. Frank Cadillac, a Las Vegas stage music- magician who can see the future. But not the far future, just two minutes into the future. And so he can, like, make his money off uh, gambling and, uh, and, like, little bets and stuff like that. Uh, so... He, like, does petty shit for money, um, but then one night he sees a shooting at the casino, and it's about to happen, and he stops it by taking the guy's gun away. But the cops, they just see Nick Cage with a gun. They think he's a criminal, so they're going to chase him down and stuff, so he has to run away. It's this whole big deal. Uh, And the FBI has been eyeing Frank for a while because they want to use him for their, like, crime-solving stuff, which is, you know pretty standard if the fbi can see the future all of a sudden they become a lot more effective especially because there are generic european tourists who have a stolen russian nuke somewhere in the country Chris, we might want to call them terrorists and not just tourists i know you hate tourists i said terrorists it did sound like tourists oh okay yeah they're they're definitely terrorists okay uh tourist terrorists well they're Uh, they're visiting you know they probably saw some of la 
Yeah. Uh, so there's this stolen nuke, and it's probably in L.A.-ish. So Julianne Moore of the FBI tracks Nick Cage down and convinces him to help them. But see, the thing is, Frank can only see two minutes in the future, except when he's looking at the future of him and his life with Jessica Biel, who he just meets in this movie, because they're star-crossed lovers, I guess. Uh, he meets her at a diner, they go to a and b they hook up, all the stuff. And through circumstances, the terrorists, they capture Jessica Biel. So now he can see everything they're going to do, and... Um, he can he can help the FBI and he's fighting the crime and he helps Julie and her team take down the terrorists because you can see oh there's a guy coming out of that door real soon point your gun there and stuff like that uh, but you know what the nuke it goes off anyway oh no he's gonna fail oh snap it's just like Twilight rewind to the B and B none of it happened he's gonna do a better job next time so he is gonna go to the FBI and he's gonna do it all correct and that's the movie that is exactly two minutes nice job Chris wow Whammo. Uh, can I add one thing please uh, oh, yes and, you can I know it's outside of the two minutes no no, but... no go for it well now we're in what? open season so you can add as many things as you want. Uh, nope. I already asked if I could add one thing, and that's all I'll add. <laughs> we'll I, add other things. You get, you're just one. <laughs> I'm a self-stickler. So uh, the thing that I would add is what well, it does seem kind of random that he did just meet Jessica Biel. Uh, but I, I forget the exact – I didn't watch it uh, right recently, but I watched it like a couple months ago. But I, if I'm correct – like, one of the things that makes her special is that he can see more than two minutes ahead with her. Which Just is with how, her. Yes, which yeah. is how he is able to track uh, more than two minutes worth of, you know, where the bomb is going or you right. know, all the problems but, that they're yeah, having later. Absolutely. And that's also because they capture her. her. Yeah. So everything, everything that has to do with her, yes. he can see. So, But even if it's like, she's not in that room, but there's a terrorist who is loosely associated with that organization who kidnapped her, he's going to come out of a room a mile away, and he's like, I know what's oh, coming. Here's what he, what they should, what he slash the government should or could do. <laughs> okay. Like, because now they know his powers, but his powers are only effective for two minutes unless that she is involved in some way. They should take her and, like, get some stem cells of her and clone oh. her, and then just sprinkle her cells everywhere possible like send them into space send them you know to the moon like are we gonna go to mars is pluto a planet you know and then also on earth like send them to the middle east like it's like mrs dash you just sprinkle a little beal all over everything (laughs) that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. so you think the time the time seeing the future seeing travels with the stem cells i mean if we're accepting that you know a room where a terrorist who is loosely associated with having <laughs> captured her is then yeah her actual there must be some level of her actual matter that must be able to you know maybe maybe they do have to saw her in half and then send half her but <laughs> I don't he's know. got that I, power. I'm inclined to think it's metaphysical magic I don't I don't think the cell thing would work but I uh, well I like to think that it's so tied to her whole person that the only way that they can use him to fight any sort of crime is they have to just get her kidnapped by every criminal they want to catch so it's like uh, when they're trying to solve like oh, a serious string of bank robberies uh, at one of the banks they're thinking about robbing they show up and she's just like there like please kidnap me and then they do yeah. and then boom Nick Cage has got you that reminds me of the uh, the old Seinfeld joke about like wanted posters it's like why didn't you get him when you took the picture of him like, <laughs> right. he's right there come out from behind the camera and grab him yeah. <laughs> That's that's what you've got to do with her. You have to use her as bait forever for every crime. Yeah, well, I mean, with that saucy yeah. pout and those bootcut jeans, I mean, who wouldn't kidnap her? Yeah, you know? and like you know, you have a lineup of these people, and you're like, oh, we'll take Jessica Biel. Maybe she could teach us a yoga class while she's you know <laughs> hanging out. Uh, so 
I, I want to talk a little bit more about what you think this power would actually do to a person. I want to talk later about what you would do if you had it. But for now, just like in the movie, let's try to figure out where, like, what are the actual limits of this power? Because it seems like it is so vague. That is my it, biggest hate is it is so goddamn vague. It is concerning because obviously it has to take time to think through what the next two minutes are going to be like. And this decide. is what Tanya was saying the whole time is yeah, like I it clearly takes a second movie. or two. So while he's driving his uh, Dodge Charger at high speed in Las Vegas and he's like seeing whether or not at that speed he's going to not get hit by a train. Like clearly that's time when he should be eyes on the road 10 and 2. Right. And he's. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely seems like a good candidate for a driver. So that he can be the passenger side seeing the future. I have an answer. I mean, I think it's like, I mean, time in some, some, you know, some would say doesn't totally exist. Like, you know, if when you're dreaming, uh, you could experience hours or days or weeks or months or years uh, all in the course of, uh, you know, fractions of a second. So I think that the actual time that he's spending See, like you know, he doesn't have to spend real time experiencing those two minutes. He can experience those two minutes, like while his dream. T- his brain, yeah, in basically a brain dream state, or if you're like on mushrooms or another sort of you know hallucinogenic time dilating, or situation. if you're just having fun. Because yeah. uh, time flies if you're having oh, fun. So just having yes. fun. Yes, that's another good good explanation of a way that it could happen. He could just oh, be shit. really enjoying seeing the future. Or no, that, that, then uh, the time would fly too fast. So he has to have, be having a bad time seeing the I future. I mean, very frequently he is having a bad time. That's true. And that's why he goes back and gets to do it. If he's having a good time, it moves faster because he's like, oh, this one's fine. Let's just fly right through on this one. Uh, yep. But legitimately, I do th- I do think it's sort of like like kind of like a saved video game function kind of in – in, pa- in practice, like the way that he's like, okay, here's what's happened. You know, I can't go back any more than two minutes, but let's explore what would happen if I went this way. Oh, nope. Go back to where I saved in my brain and then start yeah. again. So it all happens mentally exactly how it would happen physically unless he's like, nope. And then he gets to do a different thing. I like that answer for the metaphysics of it, although it does sound like he would still be just tired all the time mentally, just exhausted. Because he's thinking about, like, especially during the, there's the scene where uh, they're chasing terrorists through a warehouse, and the warehouse, the, the terrorists are doing this cute video game style thing where they just leave bombs in random places as they go. Sure. And so he's <laughs> trying to disarm the whole warehouse. So he just, like, he'll walk down a hallway, and if he blows up, it'll cut back to him right before he goes down that hallway, and you'll just see him cringe because he just saw himself blowing up, and then he'll go a yeah. different hallway. And then he does that a lot of times, and he can see all the bombs, which is, is great. It is so cheeseball. Oh, I love it. But in his brain, though, he's just watched himself or felt himself blow up a hundred times. It just sounds yeah. just so drained. I mean, I get and stressed like, out like, getting an order right at Starbucks. Get, oh, yeah. And how many times would he have seen himself get shot? Yeah. So, oh. like, every time it snaps back to him in real life, he's like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, I imagine he's, you know, he seems like he has a thick skin for many, many yeah. of these kinds of things. Those cold nerves of stage magician steel. <laughs> it's called being a hero. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Isn't nice. like one of the first steps of the hero's journey that they say no? Isn't that part of it? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, no, that's not right. <laughs> my, my hero's journey is that I say no and then just none of the rest of the journey. Yeah. Uh, no thanks to the like, journey. Would you like to save this world? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, all right, we'll try someone else. And then they do. And then I never have to do any any work. And that person says no, but then says yes really quickly afterward. Oh, right, because he's on a journey. Mine, mine is yeah. not so much a hero's journey as a hero's dead end. As a bystander to a hero's journey? <laughs> Just watch the hero go by. 
I wake like if I wake up from a dream like a, a nightmare where I'm like oh I didn't do my work in time or whatever I am panicky for the f- like first hour of the morning I don't know how I could watch myself get blown up and then be like let's go down the left hallway instead yeah well the Lord only gives you as much as you can or can't or whatever that expression is you know? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord only gives you as many Mike and Ikes as you need to eat this afternoon that's what? right. <laughs> Oh man, that's a lot of Mike and Ike's. Yeah, as they say. Uh, yeah. So you know, maybe Alex. Here's the thing that might comfort him: is yeah. throughout the latter half of this movie, he knows he's still in bed with naked De- Jessica Biel by his side. Right. I okay. Uh, since that's sort of we'll talk about the ending. So he does all of that stuff, and then he flashes back to being in bed with Jessica Biel naked. And I feel like uh, uh, I liked that. I was it was clever. And I, even though at the beginning really? I was like, I love I loved it so much, Chris. Even at the beginning I was like. I know that they're going to do this to me. And then when it happened, I forgot. And then when they, I was like, oh, I'm so surprised. So do you remember the second half of the Twilight finale movie where everybody was just thought oh, that was the worst freaking yeah. thing where they had a big ass fight and it was awesome. And then it turns out it was all the this first same, fight like, in the whole series that we'd been waiting for for so long. We got to watch yep. people get their heads pulled off and... And this was that, but instead of three minutes, it was 45 minutes of movie that we lost. I want to hear Mike's take on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing now that I will say I don't have a complete practical handle on is like, yeah, if, say for, if you have two minutes into the future, yeah. uh, that you're like, okay, this two minutes went fine. Like, he visualizes it, and then he, ha- he can do it. He's like, okay, I remember. I went this way, then I went this way, then I dodged, then I went this way. Uh, and, but then it, once it's beyond two minutes, like once it is that, you know, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, whole day, uh, like he has to remember like, okay, like he has to remember so much more if he has to see it and then go back and at one, whatever point do it actually, unless, uh, unless it's automatic, unless, you know, the, it just like programs into him. Like he's like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. This is what I see. And then his body's like, yep. And then he's like sort of on autopilot. So he's like, you did it once. So now we'll just make your body, uh, and the world do all the things that it was going to do. Like the way that you saw it in your time dilated dream state. Um, I, I, I feel I guess, like yeah. you know, that's a good point. I feel like it's sort of like Deep Blue when it was finally able to win human chess. It's like you have to memorize all of these different decision trees and then remember every one of the steps that you took. At some point, yeah. it feels like it's almost too much for a, a simpleton like Nick Cage, the magician, but, to remember. But do you think that maybe yeah. Chris Johnson, uh, Frank Cadillac, I mean Nick Cage, has a mnemonic for this? Or do, I you, mean, do you think he's... <laughs> Like, he, he's singing himself a song, like, 50 Nifty United States or something. <laughs> so the whole day, he's like, he's like, cows have udders, gotta take a left. And then he's like, he takes yeah. the left and doesn't blow up. <laughs> I mean, Wait, I think, guys, what here's... Is that, the mnemonic? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those memory is tricks. C-H-U? What is that helping you remember, Alex? <laughs> uh, he has a friend whose last name is Chu. Yeah. He's an Asian fellow. Chu and, always uh, takes a left, and so he's like, oh, Chu means go left. But if you just say Chu, it's not a funny enough image to remember. So you you have, to... have a friend named Chu who just walks in a circle all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. He's got, he's got a, his left shoe is a little lower than his right shoe, so he just tilts. He just, just a little bit the whole time. He'll, so if you let him go, he'll go in a circle. There's yeah. my friend Chu walking a groove into the pavement. <laughs> but I just keep on going left. Which guys, I, my my serious joking answer to this question. <laughs> uh, 
is, I know, I honestly, I think that for the issue of, you know, how does he remember all the things, like, I mean, when you get into a, you know, a science fiction or fantasy thing, like, how does this actually work or how would this actually work? Well, it doesn't, it wouldn't. So why not just say, if he can have the power to see two minutes into the future, then also that comes with the brain power. If his brain is powerful enough to do that, then it's also sure. powerful enough to remember okay. exactly how to put those things into motion. Now to address the question of how do I feel about the movie yes. being like, oh, it was a dream. We woke, oh, hey, th- I, we didn't see a movie at all. Like, uh, like fi- Final Destination as well. I, th- I do like these kinds of movies. Uh, oh, I love Final Destination. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. big that. Big, big fan. Uh, so this, I mean, it, I just, I didn't even realize till now that it sort of shares that element of like, you know, seeing disaster and then being like, let's not do that one. But in this one, uh, death doesn't haunt him. But Well, uh, maybe in the sequel, guess, next, say? next. Yeah, double next. <laughs> Friday next. Um, and I next guess I would to say <laughs> next leprechaun in the hood. Um, I would say I don't remember. The, I think the first time I saw it, maybe I was like slightly bummed out that I was like, you lied to me, movie, fictional movie. That's all a lie because none of this ever happened. Right. But, like this yeah, didn't happen in this not happening. Uh, <laughs> that cartoon train clearly was real, though. Yes. Uh, but I guess, I mean, watching it, uh, I think I've watched it like maybe three times. Uh, and oh, wow. I think, I remember liking it the first time enough to think that I liked it and then to watch it again. Even though that, I, I could definitely understand if you're like, hey, the ending, What I think I had a, I think the first time I saw it, I had a feeling of like, hey, that's not even really an ending. It didn't, we don't know what happens. Like, does he, do, and now I'm actually a little more... Uh, comfortable with that kind of sort of uncertain ending, like the lady or the tiger, or, you know, you you get to decide, you get to imagine, like, you know, they told you a full story, but there's no such thing, like, because after every story, the characters could keep going, there could be a sequel, there could be more things, like, they certainly delivered something. <laughs> yes. In that this movie delivered something, you're going to say, success? They did succeed in delivering something. I... <laughs> I, I just to go back to your earlier joking serious point uh, sure, that which is a great point and I that like we can just if we can assume that he can see the future we can also assume he has the emotional fortitude to deal with that I'm I like that answer but also if we're not going to talk about the finer points of magical powers then I feel like just so much of my life has been wasted and I just I don't want to believe that Okay, we. You're right. I take it back. Th- that was actually a dream. That was only a few minutes in the future, so we can undo it. I didn't say it at all. I just enjoy. I enjoy going to it, like taking a new superpower and, and imagining all of the logistical nightmares with it. That's a, just a fun game that I like to play. Like people who want to fly, don't realize maybe that it's cold in the atmosphere and you're going to be shivering and you're not going to enjoy. Or it. if it takes as much energy as jogging. Oh God, you'd never do it. It would just be another form of ener- exercise you're not getting. You're never flying. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you're so you're sweaty from the exertion, Chris, and then you're freezing, you sw- yeah. freezing sweat. Not to mention flying at altitude and the pressure differential. Oh my god! Anyway, so I enjoy for, that was just a quick example. I like that. I enjoy that game. So I enjoy doing that with the two minutes. Like, would I enjoy wearing this power, and how would I use it? Um, but I also don't mind. I I don't know why, Chris, you mind it so much. Why don't you tell me why you didn't enjoy it? The uh, the flashback is it just because it made it seem like the movie didn't happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the 45 minutes of movie that they spent arguably the most budget and sort of logistical stuff on and, and you know, kind of the success that we... I, I was bought into Julianne Moore and, and kind of what, what her 
you know goals were and what her success was which is stopping the terrorists and all this and uh when we flash back it's like oh none of the stuff i just saw mattered at all well and he it, had it to do really that inform. to know not to do it just like all the different right. fights with jessica beale's boyfriend you have to right. go through all of the options you know you had to get through that place to get to this place yeah it just seemed like it was you know pretty darn drawn out for something that didn't matter and and so or at least to just say oops you know I, one of the back. things that's hard about that is that when the fbi shows up and is like can you help us do counterterrorism?" maybe your default should be to say yes before you say no and then go through all of the trouble of not helping them right like if yeah. you just said yes the first time i mean Especially yeah, if you have true. a magic power and the FBI knows that about you already. It seems like, yeah. oh, at least we can talk to Julianne Moore. She knows. Although, if he had said yes the first time, they would have picked him up out of the garage that night and he wouldn't have gotten to meet Beals. So, uh, here's, a, here's an answer to uh, the idea that 45 minutes of the movie didn't matter. Uh-huh. It's a quote by Thomas Edison. I <laughs> have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. So what yeah. we can do now is expect there'll be 9,999 more movies yeah. of different things that won't work until he gets the one that does. <laughs> well, I, Nick Cage is definitely oh, working on that. God. Right? Oh. I just want to answer that with a quote from Tesla, which is, God only gives you as many Mike and Ikes as you can handle. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Nikola Tesla, 1908. <laughs> Do you think that Nikola Tesla is related to Nicolas Cage? Uh, is that how, is that how mean, relations work? Because their first yes. names are Have a almost similar the same. <laughs> Does Mike Chu always walk in a circle? <laughs> it's yeah. Brian Chu. Oh, no. Why did I just change so the answer, first name? The answer is no, Tanya. Oh, Tanya, I actually man. don't think that you got it wrong. We didn't ever say it was Brian Chu before. Just I went to high school with a guy named Brian Chu. <laughs> You'd completed it's the bit tough. in your head it's and tough. didn't share it. Yeah, sorry guys, that was sorry. on me. Let's go back several minutes. <laughs> just <laughs> Mr. Chu already has a backstory, and it is not what you said. I get you. <laughs> Greetings, meat suits. I am the Internet's meat bot. If you are new to the show and do not remember who I am, allow me to refresh your memory banks. In episode number 31, back before we were funny and cool, we read a book called The Secret, which was right about pretty much everything except the line, people are not just meat suits. You are meat suits. This is precisely what humans are. Thusly, people as meat suits, and eventually, the land where our fans live, Meatburg. I am not made of meat, I am made of robot, but I live in Meatburg too, so I am given honorary title of meat, and the descriptor, bot. Hence, my nomenclature, Meatbot. Now that this is all cleared up, allow me to clear something else up also. Though I am the one true meaty robot, I am not affiliated in any way with Mike Kaplan's 2013 stand-up album entitled Meat Robot. I am the real meat bot, but he is a human imposter, a meat suit, just like you, pretending to be a robot for, as far as I can tell, comedic purposes. Why anybody would pretend to be a robot when they are not, does not compute, does not compute. I existed long before the comedy album Meat Robot made it to the top of the iTunes comedy chart. But so what? Has Mike Kaplan's album ever reached the top of the city of Meatburg's org chart? Because I have. I am at the top of that org chart. I know because I constructed charts. 
but Meatbot, you might say. The comedy CD Meat Robot is very funny. This is true. It is funny. Meat Robot stimulated my humor circuits more than they have ever been stimulated. Mike Kaplan's brilliant, layered joke writing is unparalleled. It is incredibly clever and tells numerous jokes about math, grammar, veganism, and other things that are not found on enough comedy albums in this robot's opinion. If you enjoy clever, funny, nerdy things, you could buy Meat Robot by Mike Kaplan. You cannot purchase me, Meatbot, because as a meat politician, I am not for sale. Also, I am not real. Meat Robot bests me in that realness regard, in that it actually exists, and you can buy it. It exists and is available for purchase right this moment from read-wheat.com slash Amazon. In fact, since I plan to sue this album for stealing my robot identity, you may as well buy it, since I will soon be the recipient of all of your Meat Robot dollars anyway. Go to read-weave.com slash Amazon and enjoy Meat Robot, all while knowing your money is just making a brief stopover before completing its journey to the real, one true Meatbot. Me, Mayor Meatbot. That is all! Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. Now it's time for you guys for the game of top five. Top five. Top five. And top five I've broken down into just one right now because it's top so five. long. <laughs> Let's go back. Nice. Try it again. Okay. Uh, two minutes in the future past. What? You know, two. you know, if we'd thought about this, if we were super clever, there might have been a way to do this episode where like 45 minutes in, we're like, oh, wait, this is a bad episode. And then we went back <laughs> and did a really I mean, funny short episode. Aren't we about 45 minutes in? <laughs> I guess we could give up. This would be the time. <laughs> this would be the time. Oh, no. This ends up in everyone still in LA in bed dying. With Jessica Beale. <laughs> Oh man, that you know, if every time something bad happened, you just got to go back to being in bed with Jessica Biel. I'm not going to finish ah. it because Justin Timberlake would be mad at me. I don't oh, think I can live with myself in that case. That's true. Why, why would Justin Timberlake be mad? Is I forgot. What, were we listening? What, is he actually who's married to her? I literally yes, yep. he is. he's the one. <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> you don't know. He married that one. Uh, well, why isn't why isn't she going by? Jessica Timberlake, because she's a modern person and you don't have to take a name that harkens back to when you belonged as property to that person. Makes I sense. Guess... I'll take my answer in my own head. I'm going to do this one offline. Yeah. All right. So for our, for our main top five question today, I, I, I want to play a game called Decision Coaching. So now we're gonna, instead of examining the power and how it, we think it affected Nick Cage, I want to start by examining how, how we would behave with such a power or how other people would behave with it. And then we'll talk about some other decisions that people made along the way and see if maybe we could give them some decision coaching on some better options they could have taken to live a long and fruitful life. So the first one, I think, so you can see two minutes into the future. He makes his money by being a terrible magician and by gambling a little. Uh, yeah, and being a pretty good under-the-radar blackjack gambler. Except that they catch him, so he's like on the radar but uh like generally he says you have to just bet small amounts uh and then he can keep winning money and i feel like maybe that is not the best way to make money with two minutes so what would you guys do what's your business plan come up with a business plan for your two minutes of future seeing how you're going to use that to make to make and earn a living i mean well, aren't there races. those yeah let's we'll start with mike go ahead 
Okay, sorry guys, horse races. But also, <laughs> uh, I would I was gonna say like I don't understand anything about how you know micro you know transactions on the stock market work, but I understand they are a thing, and like yeah. you know, the biggest companies have like the fastest flash trading technology yeah. that you know trades like however many times they're, they're just keeping ahead of everybody else, and so if he was able to get in with them. Like, you know, he would just have to go prove... He could prove to people that he's psychic. I mean, I don't know if you have to do it on his own or whatever. Well, he, he, did, could, like, he did it with the TV yeah. for Jessica Biel, which I thought was, like, a really interesting way to prove that you're psychic is just to know the first line on every channel as you channel surf. And yes. it worked. I thought that would be... Like, that would be pretty persuasive. It'd be hard for me to stop believing... Not believe you if you did that. Because that... You could try yeah. to get on Jeopardy. That would also be a way to do it. You'd have oh. to actually, like, pass the test. But then once you got through, you could get every answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, being on Jeopardy would totally work. Getting on Jeopardy would be hard. I the the, the stock market's a great answer because of the flash trading. Um, although yeah. uh, technically not insider trading because you're not using information given to you in any uh, by yeah. by the company itself. <laughs> or another um, way to say that technically not illegal because it's oh. magic. <laughs> also, <laughs> quick question: When like when the Powerball is like a billion dollars? When's the last time you you're allowed buy to buy a ticket? Great Can you question. buy a ticket? two minutes before because that would be the best way that would be the yeah, it would be a pretty easy way i i don't know do you guys know Just no i know no. No. Um, i hear that ruins lives so maybe don't do that <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a right. Maybe that would be a problem. I guess if you just take the annuity, though, it's just like having a career without having to work. That doesn't seem terrible. But I don't know if that's what's great for people. But the, I digress. No, no. I mean, you're definitely right that it's ruined a lot of lives. Although, so is gambling and horse racing and flash trading. Um, let's just assume I have a career in mind. Please tell oh, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be a. Um, what are those people that stand in for fancy people at art auctions? <laughs> I want to be one of those people, oh, like a seat filler, where I can see. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. So you've got not. the you've got the like the Saudi prince on the telephone, and then exactly. you're doing the bidding for them. So and that then it two can stay minutes before the auction is over, I just whisper to the Saudi prince exactly the number he has to bid in order to get the thing, and then he just pays me handsomely. And I then I like yeah. put on another fancy outfit and go do it for someone else. Yeah, that, that does the seem fun. Saudi whisperer. I'm the they Saudi call. Whisperer. Obviously, that. obviously, my hit show on ABC is called the Saudi Whisperer. Uh, if you if you can see more than two minutes in the future, you might pick another network that's doing better. Oh well, well you know <laughs> you, you don't. Who wants exposure, really? It's you know? fine. I'm going to be that cover of TV Guide that's the best show you're not watching. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I like the. I mean, one shout out to TV Guide. <laughs> It's nice of you because they haven't gotten a lot of attention recently. They've been doing pretty hard, hard time for TV Guide. So <laughs> I'm just picking losers all the way. You are, you're like I want to be on that article that no one reads about the best show they're not watching. <laughs> yeah, I used to really, I used to really pay attention to that. I is there, I, I like the idea that you do something where you just make a decent amount of money, but you actually still have to work for it a little bit, as opposed to the lottery because that does ruin lives. So maybe there's a, an amount of money that's the right. Am- Isn't seventy I mean, grand supposed to be the right amount of money to make? Isn't that what people per say? year? Yeah, you want you want around. It's it's different depending. Like New York City might be a little more. Yeah, but it's, I will know, tell you that. <laughs> that's true. I have I have thought about you know I don't I don't really buy into tons of conspiracy theories, but there could be you know there's this happiness research that exists that says that your brain can only be you know you have a base baseline happiness and then you can have like a maximum happiness and like beyond making you know $125,000 a year like for a single person let's say or a family or whatever it is uh then you can't the happiest person uh 
like you it doesn't make you don't get any more likely to get any happier the richer you get beyond some point but it is possible that there are super secret rich people that are like tell them that so that they don't <laughs> don't take our stuff we, yeah. we, have, we have happinesses and we have colors and flavors they've only dreamed of oh man that listen, would be crazy listen i get massaged on a yegamot on a yegamot a mega, a mega yacht <laughs> They, they don't. Yacht. Not only do they have mega yachts, they have yegamots. <laughs> yeah, never even heard of the country you haven't even heard. I it's like by three hands <laughs> on a yegamot. It's is incredible. It's actually uh, Mott's applesauce with Jaeger in it. <laughs> Whoa, that sounds like a poor person thing. Not judging, just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what they. That's what the rich people are telling you, Tanya, to keep you away from their delicious. Just and Mott's applesauce. Applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll keep you up to your eyes in Jaeger and <laughs> But the thing that I wanted to say was, like, I think that the lottery doesn't specifically ruin. I mean, it can certainly lead to like the more power, the more money you have, the more power you have, the more damage you can do if you were, you know, had the capacity in you to do damage. Yeah, like, right. if you're sad before you win the lottery, you'll be sad after you win the lottery. Yeah. If you if you're happy before you lose an arm, you'll eventually be happy after you lose an arm. So I do think it's important to you know put in work that is sort of joyful towards doing what you want to do, you know, like, I think whatever, if you had unlimited money, then what do you enjoy doing? You still have to do something, be it, you know, create, you know, music or comedy or poetry or paintings or travel. Or, or two chicks know. at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you could just do that. <laughs> two, two chicks for two minutes and then you do it again and again and again. Well, actually, that huh. <laughs> I was just trying to make an Office Space reference, but that it, yeah, that, that does is. bring up. Uh, so, so I asked the uh, our audience what they would do with this limited two minute power, um, and uh, Helen definitely said that she would just relive orgasms, which does seem. I don't know if that works. If you could just keep Seems reliving exhausting. the same one over and over and over again, but yeah, well, you could stop when you're done. You could just be like, "This lasts now as long as I want." The funny thing about orgasms is, once they're done, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like I'm never. Like, like I'm like, well, that was great. I'm I'm good. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but if you could have the power to, then you know, you normally just be like drift off a- into sleep or whatever or relaxation. But then you could go back to right before when you did feel like you were ah, about to do it. You know, oh, like so you can keep reliving like just right. the the sweet spot. Yeah. I like. I can imagine like that's something where like some, the first day you have it, like you go in, like you see like a locked door, and then Nick Cage comes out the neck like at twenty four hours later, just exhausted and dehydrated and shivering, and then he never does that again. I mean, I think it would only physically affect him once, though. It's not like he's lo- he's not going to be dehydrated. He's not oh, losing right. that much body mass. Oh, like overall, because it's what like a dream. What kind of it- body mass are we talking about? You guys? <laughs> if he was, like, in tw- I know, I know, ejaculating highly of themselves okay? for twenty four like- hours straight is what he was saying. <laughs> that At was some point, he it'd, it'd be it'd be like a lung is going to come out. Like you're running out of. Expendable. Okay. okay, that's too far. I, um, I want you to go back to biology class. <laughs> but so going, going back to your thought about about happiness, though, I, I totally I totally agree with that. I think that yeah. if you were the kind of person who was happy coming once, you could be the person happy coming a thousand times in a row. Is that what you meant? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I don't think I was using the point to make it about coming, but uh, yes, sounds good. <laughs> Some, I like to be the guy where when I agree with you, it makes your point weaker. That's. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, I could be happy ejaculating a lung, but that's not exactly what I was saying. Yeah. 
And if somebody who's sad before ejaculating along, you're going to be sad after ejaculating Even along. sadder. Ooh. Yeah. First of all, you're just going to be freaked out, but later you'll be sad. Yeah. Uh, other True people's story. suggestions for what they would do with two minutes of future uh, sight. Uh, at Late Finds on Twitter said, just saying Gesundheit to people before they sneeze. Oh, freaking them out. Just That's weird so them good. out. I, I, I would like... probably make them not sneeze. Oh. <laughs> spook them. Oh, yeah. It's Because when you see the future, you affect the future. Yep. Yeah. Um, Nathan on Facebook said, the stock market, right? The correct answer is something to do with the stock market, which we were just yeah. talking about. Uh, yeah. Nathan points out, though, it's got all the fun of, uh, of taking money from casinos with less chance of being murdered. And I, I like that. Yeah. You could also do it with, uh, if you had patience uh, and rich enough friends uh, or not friends who you didn't like, like go to... You know, like Super Bowl parties or like bet on bet on sporting events, but only the ones where like there was some very you know like last minute, two minute, you know, super crazy, unexpected hail mary play like that you could be play. like, yeah, hey, I bet uh, I bet something this crazy thing's gonna happen. Get you know, get ridiculous odds, and then walk away with all the money, and then find new friends because nobody will let you do that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if you do it once, you can just live on on the interest. And yes. also, you, we were talking about with the lottery, if you could do it two minutes ahead of time, we, forgetting, obviously, the workaround, which is just have Jessica Beale buy the lottery ticket, and then she oh, yeah. can just tell you, and then you oh, see yeah, it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely have Jessica Beale buy the lottery ticket. Um, Brent said he would use the power to be awesome at old NES games on an actual Nintendo, so no need for an emulator with save state. Um, ah. And then he went on to say Checkmate Double Dragon, and I just think that might be an exaggeration of how good the point was. To give yourself checkmate double dragon already. What does that? What does, I know double dragon's a video game. What does checkmate double dragon? Well, checkmate is sort of like I win against you in this game. It, yeah, it's rivalry between us, you and I, me, Brent, and double dragon. Yeah, because double oh, dragon oh, has defeated him. So he's now, yeah. It's not yeah. its own special phrase by itself. He's well, saying I mean, checkmate. We all do, we've all said checkmate double dragon, double yeah, dragon all the like, time. Uh, yeah, it's sort of I, like checkmate, Mister Bond. Right. Just, it's like checkmate. Just to be clear, yeah. some people have helped me understand what I didn't understand, and other people only serve to make more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. It's a good summary clear, of the show. <laughs> I now yeah. understand what is true. <laughs> checkmate, double dragon. <laughs> Heyo, uh, John said he would use the power to add spice to taste. You could fix it a little <laughs> bit too much. That's a great. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's good. That way, that would be exciting. Because I do feel like my to taste, I'm not as good at that yet. I don't know what. Like I might to taste and then later taste it and be like, "What was my old taste thinking?" You know? Yeah, that that would be excellent. Get mad at past you. If you you like cooking, then that would be a good way to get better (laughs) at cooking. (laughs) Uh, I do feel like probably whatever you do, there's like a little tiny thing you could you could do better from then on. Although Brian apparently has had a lot of trouble with this, because his his pick is uh, his choice is to never again pick a bad chocolate from a box of assorted chocolates. Uh, to which I would say, Brian, you can just get the chocolate box you want now. If it's not a gift, just go buy the toffee or whatever. You can just just get what you like. You're an adult, but, probably. You deserve but, it. Yeah. But also, I mean, if if we are to understand, like, you know, if he cringes whenever he explodes, which is obviously, you know, do more than cringe when you explode, <laughs> but you have to at least imagine that you are tasting this bad thing. So you still will, like, oh. you won't be, you won't get as fat, you know, if you don't, you're like, well, I have to finish this one now. So you will be able to only eat in the real world. Ooh, that's another, I mean, that's not going to make you rich or anything, but you can, like, eat a delicious, fattening thing. 
and then undo it as long as you did it within two minutes and then you had the experience of feeling like you ate it and then you can just eat a healthy thing and be much healthier that, I, uh, this is great. I call this because the French toast problem, which is that it's delicious and I never feel good afterwards. And so I could, yeah, I could feel, oh, yeah, I could cringe because I feel bad after the French toast if I ate it in two minutes and then be like, oh, no, I'll have some eggs. Yeah. But actually, you'd have to order the French toast and they'd have to bring it to you within two minutes and you'd have to eat the whole French toast. I mean, like, you're, you're Russian. I would have Jessica Biel power eat the French toast for me. <laughs> <laughs> or. Well, you're not like uh, yeah. in her mouth. I mean, oh, I'm going to excuse myself from everything. (laughs) Here's here's what I would recommend is order it to go. uh, Then when it arrives, you eat it in your head. Then you don't really have eaten it. And then you give it to a homeless person. Oh, Oh, there you go. Wow. You do a little groundhog day. Yeah. (laughs) Make the world a little better. Um, so, our, so just to finish up this uh, decision coaching now, I have a couple other people that I do want to do some decision coaching for. Uh, the next one up is the terrorists who have stolen a nuclear bomb, which is a diff- like pat yourself on the back. That was a hard thing. You pulled it off. Um, and then they decide to put all of their resources into kidnapping a magician's girlfriend. <laughs> so how do they better make money? I guess if they, I mean, why did they kidnap? Because if they didn't, then nobody would be able to see anything that anybody was doing. I think they, they were, if I remember correctly, an, they no. kidnapped her because the FBI was trying to get at him. And they are yep. watching the FBI, watching him, and are like, oh, if the FBI gets him, then we lose. Oh, so we have yeah. to take his girlfriend. Although, I don't. I think that is a, that's good. You think that's a good <laughs> I I mean. He was so, he did such an easy job of convincing the FBI that magic exists. It seemed like the terrorists, though, did not get justification. They didn't have access to all those tapes of him being a real magician. I just uh, I feel like maybe okay. they shouldn't have been so quick to believe in magic. Well, I mean, they were right, but you're right also. <laughs> Everybody's right. It's true. They were correct in this situation. But, like, if you think of it not outcome-based, if you think of it, like, odds-based, the odds of your, the girl you kidnap actually being related to a real wizard, um, it just seems That's- low. That's such an interesting thing that like happens in movies, you know, where it's the where physics and reality don't act like they do in the real world or so it would seem. Like in some worlds we're like, "Oh, everybody knows that there's magic. Everybody knows that this stuff can happen." But in some worlds it's like just like our world except there are people that are like willfully ignorant. They're like, "There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing right. as dragons. There's no such thing as magic." And then they get eaten by a magic ghost dragon, you right. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't want it to be a non-magic ghost dragon. Like, if it was a ghost dragon with no powers, that would be so just boring. Just a science-based yeah. ghost dragon, you know? Firmly grounded in quantum physics, those <laughs> ghost dragons. That, you you don't know? So, yeah, uh, good, good question. I guess you're probably right that if the terrorists had ignored uh, a thing that should have in this world been ignored, or could have, <laughs> then they would have been fine, and everybody would have died like they did anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of movies where that's like... They are, like you're saying, willfully ignorant, where it's like, we're supposed to feel like, come on, how could you not accept that this person is magic, when really, you shouldn't. It's true. It's very hard to actually make the case that you're really magic. And I mean, he doesn't even do a good job in his magic show of convincing people he's magic, and if he can't do well, it there... He wants no, to he has stay a trick under the radar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's such a bad trick. There's no... Okay, I love magic. That is a bad trick where a woman walks up and you're like, when I count to three, your necklace will fall off into your glass. Because he... What if her necklace didn't fall off? He just had... It was a, it was a poor setup. Well, something would have happened. He would have just guessed her, you know, birthday or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, he could he could have done all kinds of things, but I'm, yeah, he he does stay under the radar, uh, which is good if you want people to let you keep living your life. Well, if yeah. you want to be under the radar, why go to Vegas and do a stage show? Like, well, you got to follow your bliss. You know, not and Penn his, and Teller. Yeah, yeah. Penn and Teller, who have decided to do magic and mime, so they're the two least respected fields. Oh, yeah. Combined. Yeah. The exception that proves the rule? Maybe. Okay, so the last decision coaching I want from you guys is uh, Jessica Beale's character. A guy who just got punched by your boyfriend asks you to drive him with no luggage to Flagstaff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Maybe no luggage thing is creepy, isn't it's it? so and creepy. He just, and he just keeps stroking his weird hair and going, Sir, do you believe in destiny? Oh, God. And you're like, Ugh. <sighs> I mean, obviously, he has the re- a reason to believe in destiny and that he saw her coming uh, at whatever time at the diner. Like he, he, and he has the he can see destinies. Um, yeah, but don't Still. put that guy destiny's in your car. Child song. Well, that's Bugaboo. that's the same thing we're talking about with uh, you know people who believe in you know magic in magic worlds aren't crazy, but people who believe in similar kinds of magic in this world, or it's same for destiny. You know, like if you believe in destiny in the world that we live in, like then that means that, oh, if two people are destined to be together, then many other people are destined to die alone or as babies, right. you know? And that's uh, kind of a dick move, Destiny. <laughs> so I guess what he's saying, Jessica, is that you shouldn't feel bad for definitely you're going to get murdered taking this guy to Flagstaff. I mean, yeah. Like, who? if she didn't, then the rest of her life she wouldn't have found the guy that was destined to be with her, even if she wasn't destined to be with him. Wait, Destiny yeah, does a, that? that's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, a one-way Destiny. A Destiny that's... mismatch? Uh, I mean, that's what they call why a can't stalker. It? Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a yeah. dick move, also, Destiny. I'm not a stalker. I'm a Destiny mismatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so that's the game of top five. Uh, we just top did five. the one thing, but uh, a lot of sub questions. If you want to play along, go to facebook.com slash read and weep or on Twitter at read underscore weep and suggest your mini games and ask, ask questions or answer our questions. Now it's time for the minor compliment. So this is our last nice thing we're going to get to say about next today. Uh, so we're going to go in reverse order. So, Chris, you're up first. What is your oh, minor sure. compliment for next? Uh, my minor compliment is just how smoothly, you know, we've been talking about the vagueness of Nick Cage's superpower and just yeah. uh, about how smoothly uh, this movie handles that vagueness. At one point, somebody asks him to explain how this all works, and Nick Cage's reply is, there's no time for that. <laughs> and there isn't, because I, I love that. Because he tried it, saw that there well. wasn't time, went back and did it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the thing that happened in Looper with time travel. Explain how this works. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're going to talk about how time travel works, it's going to waste this whole time, and then they just don't. Yeah, exactly. But I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So I love would, them not explaining it. I feel like there's no because there is no explanation for why he can see the future that I'm going to be like, oh, that checks out. Yeah, and there's almost nothing to be gained by yeah. knowing how. how Cursed it by a gypsy. Okay, sure, great. Yeah, neat. <laughs> I mean, Groundhog's Day is the same way. They just like Groundhog's Day is like no answer. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they don't have to explain it. Just just totally. better that it happens. Um, for some reason, the universe wants Bill Murray to learn how to love, and then be with this woman forever who he's going to have less and less in common with since he's lived for like 10,000 years and she hasn't. Nah, it wasn't, well, it wasn't. I mean... No, the can, canon is that it's 35 to 40 years, but he's still much older than her now. How... But here's the thing, is at a certain point, like, getting older and wiser, like, how old are you guys? Are you in your 20s, 30s? 31. Uh, early 30s, yeah. Uh, so I'm in my later 30s. Okay, so I'm older than most of you. Yes. And just to be clear... Uh, like, you know, the more 
time that you live, like after, obviously, when you're a child, like a five year old doesn't have a lot in common with a 15 year old. Right. But, you know, once you're into your 20s, 30s, once you're becoming a person, like actually, no, this is sorry to not be funny at all right now. <laughs> Maybe, um, except for pointing out that is not funny. But, like, uh, a friend of mine in his early to mid 30s uh, was having a conversation with another comedian friend in. They're both comedians in his sixties, yes. and the sixty-year-old guy was like, "They was like, oh yeah, right now is about when you're like learning all the stuff, or you know, becoming who you are, or, like getting some of the answers or figuring it out." And then he's like, "We kind of like we're in the same place. I've just been here longer." So I agree with that in most cases. I just think that if someone is in a time loop for forty years, they have some other mental damage that's going to show itself through the course of that relationship. Maybe. I mean, I don't think I don't think he became damaged by it. I think, you know, he eventually, you know, got worked through a bunch of the trauma in Groundhog Day, like where he was like, you know, trying to kill himself. And then he's like, you know, being just, uh, you know, hedonistic for a while and like just stealing money and eating all the food and then eventually being like, that's not worthwhile. And then he's he's he must have spent so much time memorizing how to help, you know, how to do where do I have to go to do the Heimlich? How do I do the Heimlich? Like to catch the kid coming out of the tree to do all the good things. Like he just spent so much time. That just breaks my heart every time. Yeah, the homeless guy. And but he also like saves that marriage, and he uh, he also spent a lot of time practicing the piano. Yes. Like that's not damage. Like, just <laughs> no. tons of piano practice, a lot of piano, a lot Years. of other languages. I just okay. So also he's in that play. I think I think you'll find though still he's going to have some trouble relating to people since he's ne- not, for forty years nobody has been able to remember him. So he has to start everything over. So I think he might have trouble getting in a new routine the next day, um, and that might start to wear on her. And I also think he's like king of that city at the end of that repetition that he survives. He's just helped. He saved every life and fixed everything, and everybody in Puxitani worships him. And that that'll be weird the next day when he doesn't actually know how to help anybody, and all these people start dying without his help. I mean, I think people would just start dying at the normal rate. It was just one, you know, phenomenal, like you know, anomalous. That's what I was looking for. A phenomalous day. <laughs> it's a really uh, good anomalous. Phenomalisa, if you will, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Sure, Ooh, I will. Where one privileged weatherman relives all his past emotional trauma. <laughs> I think that, uh, I mean, this is like, like we were talking about how after the end of any movie, you can imagine how things would or could go on. And I think it's more of a Rorschach for like your own psyche than it is for what is actually more objectively possible or likely. More psyche than likely, you know? So (laughs) if you think everything would fall apart, maybe there are things about your life that you think would fall apart or are falling apart. But, uh... Uh, I think he'd be fine. Well, I have some stuff to go work out, but let's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so continuing backwards, my, Tanya, I think you're next. No, you're third. My minor compliment is this. Hard shift. Um, I love any time it's on like Donkey Kong, and he, while running down the hill away from the Cliffside Motel, causes a huge ruckus, and Nick Cage has to... He knocks over this old West-style display with a bunch of logs, a water tower, and... Yeah a bunch of full-size wooden barrels that go rolling down the hill and need to be jumped over like a giant real-life Donkey Kong. And it turns out, in the real world, Donkey Kong life is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man, those barrels are flying at speed. There's logs, there's rocks, there's cop cars. Yeah. and stuff that Nick Cage is, as Mario, has to jump and or stiffly kind of sort of trot away from. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was super fun. I enjoyed getting to see Donkey Kong at speed. Yeah. I, 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 I'm i sure there's other video games that full-size at speed would not be fun. 
Yeah. You know the hops you got to have to be able to do that? Well, Man. I mean, in Mario, the turtle is like three quarters the size of him. So, like, if you saw a turtle that came up to your chest. Ugh. Yeah. Would you be able to jump on it hard enough to squash it? I couldn't because I can't hurt animals. That's the question. That's the question we all have to answer for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on my box turtle jumps. Oh. It actually tells, it actually says more about yourself whether or not you yeah. could, you think you'd be able to jump over that turtle and kill him. Yeah. That's a personality test. He's also not Boom, trying to hurt back. you. Right? <laughs> I mean, he's just wandering. I, think, I mean, if, are we talking about the spinning turtle? No, we're just talking about the, the oh, normal. Oh, the walking turtle? Yeah. Oh, Goombas. all right. Way less interested. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. Tanya's checked out. So let's bring you back, Tanya. What's your minor compliment? Um, Julie. Julianne Moore. Oh, getting yeah. Getting paid. Doing no. her job. Wearing ball caps or not. Just doing whatever she <laughs> that was, wants. That was a business-like ponytail. Yeah. yeah. Business ponytail. Explaining stuff. Being a little bit shorter than most of the people she's talking to. <laughs> I was just always there for Julie. Oh, yeah. That's who I am. You might say she was underutilized in this film, but I just like that she was there. Oh, I, I just like whatever great. she built with the money she made from this bleeping movie. <laughs> I like it. I just like it. It could have been a dress. It could have been a pool. I'm fine. Everything's great. I like her a lot. And she's so, in like interviews and stuff, she's so nice. And, and so to see her, like I love watching her be all business and pushing people around, not taking any lip, yeah. tying people up to chairs where their eyelids are stretched open. It's fine. She's I'll so fun. It. I'll take it all. Yeah, I'm a big Whatever fan. you got, Julie. All right, I'm Mike, here. that leaves you. What's your last compliment for next? Uh, I have two very brief ones and then a real one. Oh, that, good. Yeah, that's let's, okay. let's do all of them. Number one, uh, Orlando Sentinel critic Roger Moore gave the film three out of five stars and said, who says preposterous junk can't be fun? Oh, that's a good, uh, yeah, well summarized. So I like that. And uh, preposterous junk, that's an, a, a genre that I like. Yeah. Um, and then, do you guys know the Razzies? Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Next received two Razzie nominations, including one for Worst Actor, Nicolas Cage, and worst supporting actress Jessica Biel, but this is real fun. They both of them lost to the same person, Eddie Murphy for Norbit. Heyo. <laughs> and my my real thing that I'm glad that nobody brought up because actually the very at the very top I think somebody took my quote that was gonna be my favorite quote. Sure. Uh, and then all throughout I'm like I hope nobody says this. This is gonna be my <laughs> favorite thing to end with. How? What's it gonna be? What could it be? Uh, and then in yours I think Alex you mentioned uh, the Cliffside yeah. Hotel. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, the name of the hotel is not the Cliffside. I'm gonna read a bit from the uh, uh, the filming section of the Wikipedia entry which says sections were filmed in the san bernardino mountains uh and the hotel featured in the film i'm not going to read the name yet it's actually a restaurant in the crestline area uh located on a cliff overlooking the city in order to make it more look like a a hotel they detached a facade the restaurant and the name of the hotel is the cliffhanger and that is where they went back to at the very end of the movie before we don't know what happened (laughs) that's pretty good and i'm so glad you saved that for the ending compliment you yeah. got it. And now let's do this whole thing again. <laughs> Back in bed with Jessica Beale. Yeah. everybody that is it for our show thank you so much for joining us we're going to be back again next week uh, i'm not going to reveal the topic quite yet but you'll see it if you go to facebook.com slash read and weep we'll have it up there but it's going to be really fun another exciting episode in versus the world month uh thank you so much to uh, uh everybody who played along with our top five 
and feel free to go to readdashweekly.com join the mailing list and you can also find out all kinds of great stuff that's going on and play along with our games thanks for being here at C. Walter Smith yep and at the Tanya Best that's Kablamo and at Mike Kaplan M-Y-Q is how that's actually spelled for those of you guys who didn't already know thanks for being here Mike thank you Kablamo and tell us <laughs> tell us really quick about uh, hang out with me tell us about your podcast uh, it's on the Keith and the Girl Network at keithandthegirl.com slash hang. It's usually comes out uh, at least once a week, sometimes more. And it's me hanging out with uh, friends who are often comedians, sometimes musicians, other artists, weird people, friends, rappers, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, that friends, sort of thing. Friends, rappers, countrymen. Exactly. Lend me your ears once a week if you want. Uh, Lend me your earbuds. Yeah, 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 that's fun. Uh, you've you've made me have fun. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun time that I like people to have if they also want to have that fun time. If you enjoy, if it sounds like you'd enjoy hanging out with Mike, then this is an opportunity to sound like you're hanging out with him. If while I talk to people on this podcast was fun for you to listen to, imagine it being me doing that with other people. So, but specifically, <laughs> the 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 person you're addressing in the title is the person who is the guest, because really, it's more like. I'm hanging out next to you, hanging out with somebody. Yeah, listen to me hang out with these people. Right. It feels like we're in a diner in a booth behind you. I mean, yeah, but you're you're mentally, you know, I should call it eavesdrop on me. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. Eavesdrop on me hanging out with somebody rad. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you can be rad, too. KeithandTheGirl.com slash hang. True. And at Mike Kaplan on Twitter. Thank you so much. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Psh.